Welcome to Swedish Junior Hockey Podcast. Jacob Dahlin, I'm your host here. And uh, today we probably have the youngest uh, J18 region coach in the country, I would say, Niklas Carlson. Welcome, welcome to the uh, podcast. Thanks. This episode is brought to you by Scandlux, your home for Scandinavian luxury products for the U.S. market. You can find us at scandlux.com. So, uh, interesting story. You know, we've been doing this podcast for a year and a half now, and we're getting up to episode 80 or so, and now have a little bit of a bank built up so they don't get released. I don't record it on Monday and release on Tuesday anymore. Um uh, but I'm actually getting to the point where people are reaching out to me and say, hey, uh, um, let me know if I can help getting some 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 uh, interesting people on here. And uh, Nick Luz was one of these guys. And and I took the advantage and said, well, what about you? Uh, and I know you didn't you didn't want to talk about you at first, but I thought that that would be uh, a great start. So um, yeah. so who's Nick Luz? Let's talk about your background uh, to start off. Yeah, well, uh, my name is Nicholas Carlson. I'm 21 years old. Uh, I'm the head coach for Bowden's U18 region. Uh, this is my third year of, of coaching. And I've had, uh, despite my young age, quite an uh, interesting career as a player as well. I've been around. I've played at uh, both elite level and amateur level and seen and heard and uh, pretty much done it all, uh, despite, as I said, um, being quite young. So uh, as a player, I guess it started off, I was four years old. Uh, I grew born and raised in Krihuansta, southern Sweden, uh, approximately an hour drive from Malmö and one and a half from Engelholm. Um, and I started playing when I was around four. Um and then, um, quite a fun story, actually. My a quick backstory: my mom is a com a really competitive woman. Uh, she has an European bronze in horse riding and multiple medals and yeah, awards for um, in her career. So she's really competitive. And when I was around six, uh, playing in Kihuansta, we uh, had a small team play, uh, and then practice were just about to wrap up and. Uh, I think, I don't remember exactly, but I think we were up 4-3 or something. And uh, the coach grabbed the puck and he just dangled through our whole team and scored 4-4, then blew off practice. And uh, I was six years old. I didn't really think of it then. Um, but after practice, apparently mom had went down to the coach and, uh, hey, what what was the purpose by doing that? Why would you do that? <laughs> um they, they talked a bit, uh, I don't know, and then in the car back home, um, was quite silent at first, and then yeah, after 10 minutes, she goes, yeah, so uh, you're not playing here anymore, I'm going to drive you uh, to Tyringe instead, so uh, I changed team when I was six because of it, uh, and uh, you know, at the time, I didn't care, I didn't care about winning or losing back then. Now it's just something we laugh at at family dinners, and it's quite hilarious. Um, but instead of driving, yeah, twenty minutes to practice, we started driving an hour to practice. Uh, so um, yeah, I went to Tiring. So, so let me ask: so she's she doesn't subscribe to the theory of everybody gets a medal? No, um, <laughs> she doesn't. Uh, That's awesome. <laughs> so I can imagine. Uh, uh, that competitive streak. I grew up in a family of, of, uh, of, you know, sports was important and, and, um, everything was competition. We were, there was three of us brothers and my cousins were, were two boys and, and every game, every time we played soccer or every time we played, you know, pond hockey or, or out in the yard and there was always a game. And someone had to lose and somebody had, had to win. Uh, quick story, my cousin, Kalle, who's now the um, orienteering head coach of the Swedish national team, Kalle Dalin, he beat me 21-0 in ping pong one time in a school 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 exhibition. Uh, and, and the reason why wasn't necessarily that he was, of course, he was much better than me, but he had such a competitive... Um, 
what we call pan bin. Yeah. I've never met someone that that has the ever in I'm 48. I've never met anybody that can meet his ability to to compete. And he got that from both of his parents. And we were playing cards one time and his dad, Orke, we were playing for, um, uh, do you remember, you know, those little uh, chocolate, uh, the, the, the cylinder shape Rollo or uh, center. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that you peel off and yeah. that was the price for the winner. Huh. And, and we played cards. I can't remember if we played whatever game it was. And my uncle won. And he said, well, winner takes it all. And he didn't share. He ate the entire roll of, of chocolate right in front of us. And we were all so mad. <laughs> and it was kind of this competition all the time. So I can empathize with it. So then driving an hour away, not a big deal. Not a big deal because she thought it was just uh, something she – she he has told me later it was not about hockey, not about me being a better player. It was about like racing a kid. She thought. Uh, yeah. What about your team. What about your dad? Was he in the sports? Uh, he was with me uh, in the beginning, uh, and then mom took over and did most of the, the hockey. So uh, it's been a lot of uh, mom uh, <laughs> in my career. That's awesome. So yeah. so uh, so. Uh, so, but you grew up in Kyrgyzstan, and so talk about your the transition from youth hockey. So you sixteen, you played TV puck tournament for for Blekinge. Yeah, so uh, not not Smolan. For I had it in my mind Smolan, but Blekinge. Oh, I was in Skåne, uh, but yeah, it's a story. I as I said, I went to Tjeringa, played there a couple of years. I went back to. Kijuansta later on, uh, played a couple of seasons there, then eventually head back to Tjöringe, Um, because it, it was my U15 year, uh, and that was a huge year, which was the start of the TV Pukin tryouts, uh, and I really wanted to make it. Uh, I was all in to make it, and I um, looked around, okay, which is the best environment for me to succeed in? Uh, probably mom had a finger in that, but either way, I... Uh, I got back to Tjöringe and uh, I played a good year there and I advanced uh, all the way uh, with Skåne uh, uh, and I was at the final tryouts. Uh, and then in U16, uh, that's a, when you go from U15, really that's become the first age group of uh, elite, um, you could say. So U16 yep. region was... A big step, and a lot of my friends were going to different teams, and I went to Kolskrona, uh, and uh, then I got the opportunity to to play TV Puken with Blekinge, uh, and uh, it so was. Did you a, move? Did you move away from Kristiansta to Kolskrona? Yeah. So I was 15 at the time, and I moved to Kolskrona to play U16 uh, hockey there. Uh, but uh, yeah, and then they they asked me if I wanted to play TV Pukin with Blekinge, and I said, yeah, um, I I would like that. So um, I I went to to Karlskrona and uh, had a great year there, and that was really the first experience of what elite hockey looks like. Uh, it was a big arena, you know. It was uh, we had a physical coach. We paid a lot of attention to the gym and. I had never seen anything like it because yeah. I came from small clubs. So, so we're and at the time, Kolskiruna were they what were their top division in? Because you know they have a big rink, they have nice facilities in Kolskiruna. Great, you know, but then they've had lots and lots of turbulence with their elite team and their economics and finances and stuff. So, they were in the SHL at the time. Okay, uh, I went to their U sixteen team. Yeah. And since then, they've dropped down to now in Division One in Hokietan. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. So you went there. So okay, talk about that. So you're in the locker room, and you're no longer the best player on the team. Oh, uh, so yeah, and that's uh, that's an interesting thing. Uh, 
moving from a small team and coming to the elite level, usually all the players in this elite team are used to being the star. Yeah. And that's an interesting dynamic. And it's really the first time that we as players uh, were put in a situation like that. Uh, but we had a great team. Uh, we had really fun. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't realize what was required to perform at the elite level then. You know, I, I kind of, I got there. I was kind of happy with just, oh, I, I made it. I'm here. Um, and uh, I started relaxing. And that led to me not um, getting accepted to the, the hockey gym there. So I had to move on. Yeah. So you your your goal was to make the NIU in Karlskrona. Absolutely. I loved Karlskrona. It's a beautiful town. Yeah. Uh, I got great friends there still. Uh, and I, if I could go back in time, I would love to have that U16 season back. Uh, because I, if I have, would have done what was necessary, I would have been there now. Uh, but I didn't. So rightfully so, I, I didn't get accepted to uh, the NIU. I was, I was too lazy. Uh, I was so professional and all, but too lazy. It's funny because, you know, if, if you listen to the episodes on our podcast, it's one of the questions that we ask at the end. And mm -hmm. the reason why I ask that is because of, you know, we don't, in life, you don't get any mulligans. You don't get any do-overs. Uh, and, and you, you know, smart people learn by their mistakes. Real smart people learn from other people's mistakes. And, and the ability to learn is so powerful. And that's the reason for having this podcast is really to talk about, you know, to guide people that have been there on this journey. So hopefully they can avoid the stumbling blocks yeah. and, you know, uh, that's because, and, and, and we'll get into coaching after a while, but that's really what coaching is all about is, is sharing and, and, yeah. and, and giving. Right. But, all right. So, so, so did you talk about that? Because I think that there's emotions involved in that. There's disappointment, there's, but there's also realism, right? It is at the time uh, when you're 16 years old and someone tells you, you're not good enough. You start looking at excuses. It was his fault. It was his fault, but sooner rather than later, you need to point the fingers towards yourself instead. And when I started doing that, um, I kind of realized, okay, I probably, I probably wouldn't have picked myself if I were in their spot. And so, yeah, but it's really emotional because you play U16. I've left uh, Thüringen, my safe place. I went away, moved uh, to play U16. And then- Do you live I, by yourself? I kind of, uh, my mom moved with me. But she works in Stockholm, so she was traveling back and forth. But it was it was great because I learned how to uh, live by myself, but still had mom there each and other day. So yep. uh, it was a good start uh, to live by myself. So since we talked about your mom and, I, you know, you tell right away, huge influence, mentor. What was her view on you not making it? Well, first of all, she knows absolutely nothing about hockey. Okay. Uh, and, well, and she, uh, she, she knew enough of uh, yeah. at six years old, right? That was pretty yeah. impressive. Yeah, but she uh, she is not the one who talks to uh, coaches or like cares about decisions. She's always, okay, but what can you do? The coach says this, okay, listen to the coach and do it. Uh, she's never been complaining to coaches. She's never been, you know, trying to, talk uh yeah my yeah give me more ice time by talking to coaches she's not yeah. like that she hates that yeah uh, she has been just okay you didn't make it okay what are you gonna do about it yeah um, awesome it's so yeah. good and the influence yeah. because uh, it, it, you know at that age so you're 16 right mm. in reality it's such a young age yeah. and emotionally we may be physically looking like an adult but in reality your brain is not an yeah. adult and the you don't have those experiences so is that the first big setback that you had in life uh, I, i'd say so yeah. uh at least in my hockey career 
Um, yeah. It was uh, tough. And, you know, when you're 16, you, you care a lot what others think. You care a lot about, you know, social media and, uh, you know, all the friends at school. They knew I didn't make it. Was, you know, yeah. you were kind of embarrassed getting back to school the day after getting uh, getting the nod, you know, not getting to stay there and just tell your classmates like, yeah, I'm not good enough. I'm not going to stay here. Who who told you? Oh, I, I think it was uh, the, the GM for the juniors at the time. Uh, and that is now being a coach. That is not a conversation that's fun to have, but you need yeah. to do it. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's the it's the tough side of of the job and the business. Uh, I yeah, didn't yeah, yeah. realize that then. You know, at the time, getting someone says you're not good enough, you're just oh, I don't care. Who are you? You know, you yeah. have this. You're 16 years old. You think you're the biggest person in the world, and yeah, but you're really not. All right. So if I'm then looking at, so then you ended up in Tingsryd. Yeah. So um, Tingsryd now has an NIU. They were at the time. They were at the time too. Yeah. yeah. So I, I got accepted at another uh, NIU and um, I got there. Uh, but I was, you know, mentally, I was still in Colts I, I was still pissed, not making it, leaving the, my friends behind because I, I really liked Colts I wanted yeah. to stay there so bad. Uh, so I got to Tingsfield and Tingsfield was a, it's a good place. It wasn't, it wasn't for me. You know, it's a small city uh, and it's uh, at the time moving from a big city to a small city kind of didn't, it was, it wasn't a match. And then, you know, I mentally, as I said, I was still there in close Corona and I got off to a quite bad start. You know, I didn't play as much and, you know, I, I just gave up. Yeah. I was so weak mentally. I just, nope, I'm not going to do it. Uh, things are not going my way. I'm, I'm going to quit. So I moved away from uh, Anil. Okay. Uh, and I went back to my, my safe place. I went back to Tyringe and I played U18 there. I played U20. And um, it took me maybe a week of practice before I realized, what have I done? What have I done? Uh, and that was a, a tough time. It was, uh, you know, being at the NIU, uh, moving home, playing lower level, and just, you know, regretting it. That's tough. That was tough. Okay. Um, so I decided there and then, like, okay, man up. You got to do this. Like, if you want to play hockey, you know what you need to do. Uh, so um, I started reaching out to teams and I reached out to Burros uh, and I got up there, had a tryout. They played U18 region at the time. Yeah. Um, and um, we're elite back then. Yeah, elite. It was called back then. Yeah. So and they, they wanted me. Uh, they said, yeah, we want you. Uh, and that really I was so grateful and. When I sat in the car, um, going back home after the tryout, I told my mom, I'm going to do this and I'm going to go pro. I promise you. Uh, and uh, from that day, I became a freak. I was, you know, some will probably say that was unhealthy. I just went into this bubble. You know, I lost, I need, I, I was quite overweight at the time. I lost 10 kilos that summer and I got in uh, in Boros. I scored the most points out of all defensemen in U18 region after Christmas. Uh, I belonged to the U20 team uh, my last year as a U18 player. Uh, so I really had a really good year um, and I was training like a maniac. I was I was not going to parties. I was not doing anything. It was hockey, hockey. I'm going to do it. I was locked in. And played a lot of games. 31 games I, with the J18, 25. Right? So, so so, you played b both teams yeah. every game. I belong with both teams, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the season after, um, we uh, 
we had, we got together a really good team for U20 region. And like, this is COVID year, right? Yeah. Oh. oh. So, uh, this team that we had, I guess a lot of players are saying this, but that team could qualify for national. That team was scary good. And um, I was uh, the captain as my first year in U20. Um, and the summer, I was still in this bubble. I was training and practicing so hard. You know, we had morning practices starting at 7. At 5.30, I'd already been out running a mile in meals. Uh, so that's, I don't know what it is. And so 10, 10K. So, yeah, yeah. that's, that's yeah. not that's not a mile not, no, a, not an I, English mile. That's oh, a. That's I realized a that once I said it, uh, but I, I was uh, I was doing I was looking for things that nobody else were doing, and I did them. So I knew that I had an advantage on everyone. Um, and uh, that U twenty year, um, I was good. Like I was for real. I was I was good, uh, really good. And if that wasn't the COVID season, I would have played either hockey at the or U20 national the season after. Uh, but COVID hit and the whole season got canceled. And that's uh, bad luck, I guess. Uh, and then, um, yeah, the season after that, uh, I got, I signed a, a contract with the senior team in Boros. Yeah. Um, and I was still in this bubble. I'm going to do this. Um, I was so locked in. Uh, Preseason starts. I play my, or I, actually I played some hockey at the games this season before. Uh, but now I, I started playing with the senior team uh, and I was in on six Ds uh, and I was playing preseason, got a hit to the head, uh, a really bad hit. Uh, you know, it just went dark. Mm. Uh, I I got uh, I was scared. Uh, it was my fourth concussion, but this concussion just hit different. Um, I for two weeks, every time I got out of bed, uh, my head started hurting, and my pulse just went up. Like I, I couldn't. My daily life wasn't working. Wow. Uh, it was, and I was scared. I was really scared. Like, am I, is this going to be like this forever? Because um, it goes, it, it didn't go away. You're, wait, you're waiting for the next day to say, am I better today? Yeah. And it didn't go away. And it went on like that for one and a half, two weeks. Um, and, you know, after that, um, I was like, is it worth it? If I, if I get another check to the head, is it worth it? Um, maybe if I get a son someday, maybe I want to be there for him, go skating with him. And will I be able to do that if I don't quit hockey now? Yeah. Um, so from being in this bubble training like a freak for two and a half years, um, to all of a sudden realizing it's over. I so was that, so that explains it here because in your you know in your profile you had so there's nothing in there 21 22. No, I didn't play because it was the preseason games and then you're out. Yeah. Uh, so um and that was because like there was no doctors telling me you need to stop. It was just me not being mentally in it. So yeah. I felt it's not right for my teammates, not to the club, not to myself to play if I'm not mentally 100% in it. So so how did you get into um, – so then how did you get into helping out as an assistant coach? Was that because you're there and you're – Yeah. Uh, so when I told the, the GM or the assistant GM uh, in Boros that I – I was not going to be able to fulfill the season. I I, I wasn't um, mentally stable to play. He told me, okay, but we want you to stay here. Like we have a coaching job for you. So at the time I was 18, yeah. I believe. And uh, I became an assistant coach in the U18 region 
that was also the youngest assistant coach at the time ever. Uh, actually, actually on the st- on the staff. Did yeah. what about school? Were you in gymnasium then, or, yeah. or- I was in uh, gymnasium. So I went to three different gymnasiums. I was first in Tingsri, then I moved home, and then I moved up to Buras. Uh, but I have a, a um, yeah, I, I fulfilled my studies in Buras. So I have yeah. a, a degree in economics. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so, it's, but I'm I'm a little bit. Um, I could tell there that the people around you in Buras. You know, I don't know the the coaches and the GMs up there, um, but, you know, great organization. But talk about kind of the relationship there, because they must have been pretty awesome to work with. A, they believed in you coming there from the beginning. Yeah. yeah. And then and B, giving you a shot yeah. and and then C, keeping you there. Yeah, uh, it was uh kind of pivotal time a second kind of pivotal time in your yeah. and that was just i was shocked by how good the daily operations were for not being a neo like boros was just like a neo but it wasn't we had morning practices we had great coaches we had a lot of opportunities and i got got to play a lot so i was just grateful um i i'm not I don't know how it works in Boros now, but when I was there, it was a really good place to play. Yeah, it's still a good organization. And, you know, the whole Vestajutland region south, both for J18 and J20, you know, yes, it's not J20 national, but, you know, and we'll talk about this later, but, you know, the, the ability to go from J18 region to J20 region, and then you got Hokietan. Hokietan is tough, right? So not everybody's going to be able to get in there, but there's opportunities and the ability to go in and practice. Um, there's a lot of those clubs like Boros that are really well-run organizations out there. Yeah. So, but um, but but yeah. So then you're your assistant coach, and then so let's let's jump forward one year. Yeah. Glimma. Yeah, that's. Uh... That must be in Smolan. It's in Skåne. That's in Skåne. So uh, you I was graduated. So so now you're finished, right? Yeah, I was in Boros, and they uh, they wanted me to stay, and I I was I wanted to stay, uh, but I I guess I left her a bit out of the picture now when I was talking here in the pod. But my grandma was always with my mom, helping me with the hockey, driving me to Tyringe when I was playing there like she has been as a parent for me um and uh, unfortunately she got really bad cancer uh when i was in boros and i uh, you know i didn't know how much time she got left and i felt like okay i want to be there with her um but at the same time i want to i wanted to coach like i loved coaching I felt like it was something for me. I felt like I had a lot of things to teach because I've been, I've been doing this journey for U16, U18. I've failed multiple times, but now I've succeeded. I've cracked the code. Like I, I not everybody is going to have the journey as I had. And I realized that, but still like I, I knew one way of how it could be done. So I wanted to keep on coaching and I, uh, and I thought, okay, how do I stay unique? How do I what? How do I set myself apart from all the other coaches in Sweden? So I was the youngest coach in U18 region, and the next step was really, okay, I want to go senior. I want, I want, I want to set myself apart. So I contacted Glimma, who was a senior team. They had a really good team. Uh, coming up, they had Fredrik Hansson, uh, played up Kjekwanstad to Hockey Allsvenskan, was the captain in Hockey Allsvenskan. Fredrik Lindblom uh, played Hockey Allsvenskan. Uh, there was just a lot of good players. And I felt like if I can get here, if I can learn from them, learn from an experienced coach, try senior hockey to see the difference between juniors and seniors, I'm going to be a better coach. So it just worked out. 
I got the job. We went on a fantastic season. We we won. We just went out, won pretty much everything. Every game we played, we almost won. You know, we had some really good games. We played Uspi, who is the rivals. We had 1,500 people in the stands. It was for Division Three. Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, and it was just, it was something different. And I loved it. And it just, I loved coaching so much. Like, I realized this is, this is what I want to do. Like, you know, I kind of, as the same decision I made as a player, like, okay, this is what I'm going to do now. Yeah. I took the same decision back then. Like, okay, I'm going to be a coach. I'm going to go all in on this and I'm going to do it until I I feel like I don't want to do it anymore and nothing's going to stop me. Uh, so uh, I did a year there and then fantastic year. We were two points away from promoting to division two. Uh, it was really tough. We, we should have, we should have promoted, uh, but we didn't, we didn't. Uh, and that's hockey. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. And then, so how did you end up, uh, how did you end up in Boden? And you know, so we do have a little background on the podcast with Boden. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so one of the earliest, I think, third episode I did was with Ian Gately, who ended up, he was a Canadian that played in Boden. And then another Canadian, uh, Henry Akers, who was the GM or something up there. I can't remember, but I think he was actually the one that, that, uh, that got Ian up there, uh, for their, mm -hmm for their team but but let's let's be frank here talk about kind of geographically sweden is a very tall country for those who are coming from outside and you're from the southern tip yeah like really down south like like malmö småland blekinge yeah. yes kjanstad there's you're closer to germany than you are oh yeah I, I, I was closer to italy than Bodum. So, so Buden, who is now way up north, mm. you know, uh, so how far, if you were to drive from Malmö yeah. to Buden, how, how long would that take? Uh, 18 hours. Okay. It's really far. Yeah. And so what's the difference? Well, let me, so how did you end up there? So they had a coaching vacancy, right? Uh, I, I, yeah, kind of. They had a coach, uh, but, you know, I just still on this path. I'm going to do this. How do I set myself apart from the rest? How do I stay unique? And I thought to myself, well, junior is probably the way to go. I'm only 20 years old. Um, coaching seniors as a head coach, that's going to be tough uh, because now I wanted to become a head coach. So, uh, I started looking uh, what others have done. I started looking down all the SHL coaches. Okay, how did they get there? And I found uh, Max Boulin, who is in Rögle now. Uh, and he went to Piteå uh, when he was 21, 22, I think. And now he is the assistant coach of Rögle in SHL. So I kind of looked at him or his resume and I was like, okay, uh, he did that. So uh, yeah, I'm going to do the same. So I reached out to Bowden uh, and uh, out of nowhere, really, just, hey, I, I, I want to coach. I want to be your coach. <laughs> and uh, I flew up here. Um, I met the GM, Christopher Jansson, uh, and he, really great guy. Uh, we talked and we, yeah, he wanted me to come. And uh, now I'm here. It's great. Uh, so... <clears throat> So what's your what was your first impression? Because this was so you went up there during the summer. Uh, I went up during the spring. You went up there in the spring. Okay. Yeah. Was it still cold? There uh, first you impression, you know, I, I landed at the airport. Um, I got out, and it was still like snow up to my knees in the spring, <laughs> and I have never seen anything like it. I was, uh, what am I doing? Was my first thought. It was. <laughs> Yeah, but um, you know, Bowden is such a lovely community. It's everybody cares about you. Uh, it's really familiar. Uh, they help you with everything. 
you really like just become this family because you're just in the middle of absolutely nothing. You're just in the middle of nowhere, nowhere. Uh, and we are just working 24 hours a day to get this organization moving in the right direction. Yeah. Uh, what's the, so, okay. So what is then, cause you're now also helping out with the J20, right? Yeah. So, uh, talk, uh, talk about the staff and the structure of the organization. Cause why don't we start here with Buden as an organization? They they have a youth hockey organization. Yeah, they have a. Is there a Liu for LIU for it's Liu? For, yeah, yeah. So it's not an it's not a Liu in terms of, um, you know, hockey gymnasium. You play J eighteen region, U twenty region, and Hockeyetan. Hockeyetan. I mean, what a perfect. But it, but it's not. So you're competing against the big clubs. Yeah, we are competing Moodle, against the very best. Moodle, Luleå, Skellefteå, Björklöven, Timrå. Yeah. Uh, those are the clubs that are typically uh, typically SHL organizations that has a J20 that plays in J20 National. Yeah. And then in J18 region that you're the coach... There is no higher than J18 region. 12 teams in north, 12 teams in west, 12 teams in in east, 12 teams in south. Yeah. And so if I pull up now, so before I pulled up uh, J18 region north, and if I'm looking at the standings, you know, I've got a background in, 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 in you know, with my son, uh, talking about playing for a small market team the playing field is not you, you know you're you're kind of tilted against you a little bit because Buden does not have the same facilities and the same budgets and the same uh, baseline as Moodle no nowhere near talk about the differences there between but you're you're playing against Kjelleftio, Lulio, Björklöven What's the difference between your organization from a from a structure standpoint? Because you've got a GM mm-hmm. and you've got a smaller staff. If you were yeah. to look at the the the, the staff level from Moodle, mm-hmm. or take take Lulio that is right next door to you. Yeah. What's the difference uh, in staff level. So you have the head coach, you have the assistant coach. Uh and usually the head coach and the or pretty much I I guess every head coach in the SHL teams for U18, they work 100% with this. They have no other job. Um, and I work 100% with this, but I'm not getting 100% played. So I've just decided, like, I don't care about money. I just want this opportunity. Uh, I'm going to go all in either way. So um, then you have the the, G- the GM, you could say. Uh, the GM probably works more with... Um, recruiting uh, in uh, the SHL organizations because our GM is also the assistant coach of the senior team. So you see in the smaller organizations, you kind of find good people and to keep them there, you got to like find roles for them to keep them there. Yeah. Uh, Because you want them to work full time, but we don't have the money to just hire a head coach full time, GM full time, assistant coach full time. So now you got to puzzle a bit. You got to make like me. I'm the head coach of the U18 and the assistant coach for U20. Uh, as and as I said, the GM Christopher Jansson is the assistant coach in the senior team, and he's the GM for the juniors. So that's the difference. Like you're 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 working three jobs instead of one. Uh, so what about what about in Lulio? Uh, in Lula, I'm not 100% sure how it works in Lulio, but uh, I know uh, SHL teams that have, you know, a mental trainer. They have a fully paid uh, gym coach. They have a fully paid assistant coach. They have a video coach. They have a goalie coach. They have a head coach. They have a GM, assistant GM. Like, it's it's a different world. But yeah. We're still competing against each other. Uh, and that's, like, it's like David against Goliath. Yes. And, so uh, and, and and let's talk a little bit about recruiting now because 
go back to your you 16 days when you were in Karlskrona and you're yeah. trying to make their new. Yeah. And you're now in Boden and you're competing against these guys. So so uh, I would imagine that at this when you joined this team, the team was already there. Uh, no. no. Uh, when I signed in... Um, oh, that's right. You were in the spring. So, yeah. yeah. I signed in May. And at the time, we had like 10 players who were ready to go for next season. So, uh, it was... Yeah, it was... Uh, we worked hard. And we found really good characters coming here from Gothenburg, from Umeå, from, yeah, all parts of Sweden. And that's really, that became like a boom in Boden because Boden has never, ever, like, picked players outside of Boden, Luleå, and around here. Like, nobody has ever moved to play hockey in Boden. And so now I get here, and I'm used to this. So... I'm calling players, I'm scouting players, I'm recru recruiting players from Gothenburg. And all of a sudden, we just have this whole new culture of hockey in juniors. It's from being like playing just because of playing to now actually have a purpose with everything we do, with recruiting players, with giving them an honest chance to actually make the senior teams in four years because you getting... can't you're not going to compete in your region i mean your competition from the local talent is going to be lulio Skellefteå, björklöven yeah. budo right so of course there if but what do you tell i mean especially with your background and because you've been there mm -hmm. and we talked a little bit offline about this mm -hmm. you know the 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 ability what would you rather be as a player? Mm. Would you rather be, think back in your day, would you rather be the guy mm. on a lesser team where you're getting more minutes, oh. you're playing power play, you're paying, playing penalty kill oh. versus being the fourth line guy or maybe a healthy scratch? Yeah. And that's really what you try to sell when you're recruiting players like uh, i get that it's more attractive to play in an shl organization of course it is i'm not yeah. stupid i know they have better facilities i know they have more coaches i know they have all those things but we still run a really good operation and you have a lot of opportunities here and most importantly you're playing 25 minutes a night instead of sitting out as a healthy scratch let me ask you this, because I think that this something to me trumps the opportunity to get playing time. Talk about the relationship. Relationship between you, you know, so what do you get? I, I had this conversation with, uh, I can't remember who it was, but it was a, a, a player that, that went to a top level SHL organization as from U16 and struggled. And it was very clear that, and it's just business, you know, they're in the, the SHL clubs are there to grow draft picks. Mm -hmm. And if you, and it's a dog eat dog world. So when you are not the future draft pick, they're going to spend their time and the relationship and the building is going to be focused on the top half, not the bottom half. Right. It's managing the top, not managing to the bottom. You don't have the luxury of being able to do that. No. Uh, and that's also the difference between us and the SHL organizations. Like, I'm not going to talk for SHL organizations because I don't fully know exactly how they work. And a lot of SHL teams are still really good with keeping good relationships with their players. But uh, we, as a smaller team, not really in it for, like, don't get me wrong here. I, I want to win every game. And we play every game to win. And sometimes we beat these big teams. But still, in the long run, we are not going to compete against them. So all of a sudden, now you have to find different ways to measure success. 
And my goal as a coach is to provide these players with enough tools, enough opportunities and the feedback for them to have a career that lasts for 15, 20 years, not to make them an NHL draft pick. And that's the difference. Yeah. And I think that that is because, you you, you know, you don't have the same roster. So when you go in and you play Khalafti or you play Lulio, Mudo, you know, they have a better, they have a better team. That's they are like better that. player by player. Uh, and that's how it should be. And we yeah. know it. Everybody knows it. Uh, but still, like, that's, that's kind of fun, you know, going into games like that two months ago or one month ago, we, we faced Lulio and we took them to overtime. First time wow. in history. You know, everybody knows that Lulio is better than us. Like, they should be. But still, it's not impossible. And, like, those – when you achieve those small goals, like, you you light this fire within the players. Like, okay, I can still do this. It's not too late. But then also the, the system or the, 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 the way that they have the region – the top five is it the top five teams of each region moves on to J20 J18 national, which kind of so this fall it's all about development. You know you're going to take some licks, go back work on the things, yeah. and then after Christmas it gets a little more even because the top after five Christmas it's uh, it's showtime. Like that's when it that's when the real season starts. Like season. Uh, moving up to Christmas, that's a process for us where we want to get all the parts clicking. We want to get the system working. Uh, and then, as you said, the, the league is split up. And that is good both for the SHL teams because they need to play better teams more frequently. And we need to play teams at our level more frequently. So yeah. the league after Christmas consists of seven teams um, with, yeah, the teams that don't make top five. And we play a league where the number one team moves on to the, the Swedish uh, playoffs, you could say. Yeah. And, and you can certainly see, I'm looking at your, at the, at the progression of the, you know, they're getting better. If I'm just looking at the results, is that kind of what you feeling too? Now when yeah. we're, in, we're recording this mid mid November, we're released yeah. this after probably after Christmas, but so are you getting not just results, but are you, are, are they playing better as an as a team? Yeah, we are. Uh, and, and that was one of the key things. Like we, earlier seasons, I've been told that it's just been go out there and play. And now we're like, okay, we need to play a style of hockey that is still developing because that's yeah. what we're doing. We don't want to rim the puck for 60 minutes and get a breakaway and score. Uh, we want to play a game where we actually earn our chances, where we play a game that's actually developing for the players and that takes time to learn. And that's why if you look at the beginning of the season, the results are not good. But now once things are starting to click, you know, we get results from. And now yeah. I hopefully we keep on going. Uh, we still have a lot of things to work on. Like our power play is 5%. But not, that's not the focus point because we're not in it for the results right now. We're in it because it's a process. We want to develop players. Now, when the league after Christmas starts, I promise you we're going to work on power play two times a day. Yeah. But now uh, that's not that's not important for us right now because that's not what's need to be worked on. We, we are working for the players, not for the club to get results. How much time do you spend on like as a coach now with this group that has not everybody living at home and, and you know, like coming this, into the rink, but you gotta how do you how do you do the team building and stuff? The, the the coaching, everybody coaching knows it's a lifestyle. Uh and especially, you know, since I brought the players here, I feel a responsibility that I need to take care of them. Like a 16-year-old from Gothenburg moved up. Like if he needs help with his Wi-Fi, I gotta be there for it. <laughs> if he if his whatever TV doesn't work, I gotta got to be there. Like he can always call me and, and they know it. Uh, and that's really just one of the important things I believe in, in coaching, especially juniors, just having the presence, you know, being there, showing that you care. Um, like the people or the players should know that I can always talk with him and junior players are not going to talk about feelings. They're not going to talk about emotions, but just 
that they know that I can talk to him. That's enough because that gives them the stability to work good and like succeed on a daily basis because they feel safe around you. And that's really important. Yeah. No, and I think that that is, sometimes that's a missing link though. You know, the ability, think about back in your day when you were that age of, you go to Tingsrid. Yeah. Have all the facilities, have all the, and it, it's not a knock on Tingsrid. You, you were not ready. And when you are not feeling good and you don't have the self-worth or self-confidence and the, the right view of yourself, you're not going to flourish as a hockey player. No. And contrast that with going to, to, to Boros where you felt belong. Yeah. For number one, you felt wanted because they they recruited you, yeah. And then you you felt belonged, and then you had the, then you had all the facilities, and really, what's going to make you a better hockey player is doing the work. You can't yeah. just right, but you were ready to do the work versus yeah. like in Corona where you weren't ready to do the work. And, and that also comes from, I I don't like communication. If you have a coach that communicates with you. And being honest, just telling you, like, you need to do this, okay? I, not just, no, just keep on working. You're good. It's going to be all right. Like, you don't want to hear that. Yeah. You want to hear, you're not good enough at this. If you fix this, you're going to play. Yeah. That's what you need to hear. Like, you're 18 years old. You have moved. You don't need a, a babysitter. You need yeah. someone who tells you what needs to be done. Because now you've sacrificed pretty much all the friends girlfriends boyfriends whatever you move to a new city you want to play hockey you need someone who guides you yeah not how, just to how much of that are you how much of you of that are you gleaning for for your own from your own experience uh quite a lot and uh i was told pretty early uh that just because you would have wanted it as a player doesn't mean every player wants it and that that's really uh I'm always have that in the back of my head once talking to players, because I think that's a mistake you do as a coach that you feel like, okay, I would have liked this as a player. So now I'm going to implement this with the group. Yeah. Sometimes it's good, but sometimes you just got to know the player. You got to get to know the players and see, okay, he works like this. He works like that. Uh, and then communicate with them uh, based on what you think is going to be, give you the best outcome from the conversation with the player. Yeah. Well, um, awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. I mean, I, I, uh, I, I applaud you for doing something different. Um, certainly this is a process and, and you're paying your dues and you're learning as you go. And the experiences that you're having this year is something that you're going to take with you next year and years below years. Oh yeah. I'm getting a better coach every day. Like I'm so, I have so much to learn. It's like once, uh, once in, once in it, you realize there's so much to learn. And like, I'm trying to learn all the things I can learn, but some things just comes with time. You know, and it's not so much about the X's and O's, right? It's no. that's the big one. Yeah, like you, you're learning by doing, you're learning by failing. And that's also a huge point for me being in a, a smaller club with less pressure. Like I can try things. I can try a certain setup. I can try a certain system. And if it fails, well, I'm not going to get fired for it. Yeah. If I were in an SHL organization, I was trying to try things. I don't know, but probably uh, the GM would have told me, hey, stop with that. You have yeah. to do like this. So it, it's a great place for me to be. I can, I can learn by doing. I can fail multiple times uh, and learn from it. And it's just a great place for me to be at, at the moment. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's like a sandbox, right? You get to play with all the, all the fun toys. Yeah. Uh, and, and you're not watching videos. You're actually oh. in there doing it. And yeah. uh, well, and, and certainly at a young age, I mean, that was my first uh, my first thing, like, wow, you know, he's at 2000. What are you, 2001? Two. 2002, it's crazy. Uh, and the ability to then leverage that, um, you're on a on a really good traje trajectory. Uh, the key is going to be surround yourself with great people um, mm -hmm. that 
and learn from other people in, in the future and then develop your own your own style your own yeah. self and and uh it'll take you places that um that you didn't think was possible so um so, hopefully that yeah. that's the goal i want to as i said I, i'm all in that's yeah. why i moved the uh, yeah 18 hours from home yeah because I'm all in yeah well, so we've already kind of answered the question, or or let me go back to this thing about uh, the question we always ask. You you met yourself at seventeen. What advice would you would would you give that that you wish you knew back then that you know now? Uh, just uh, or maybe not say anything. Oh, yeah, uh, oh, that's a tough question, but just to make myself aware of what needs to be done. Yeah. Uh, if I if somebody told me. When I was 15, if you want to go pro, you need to do this. Like having that coach. Here's the recipe. Follow it. Yeah. yeah, not even that, but just like you can't take days off. You can never relax. You are not um, finished until you have signed that million-dollar contract. Yeah. Like just because you made U16 region, doesn't like you, that's nothing. That's nothing. You don't, you pay to play U16 region. Like that's, you're not going to make a living. You're not going to provide your family with food by playing U16 region. And that's what I thought. I thought like, yeah, I'm done. That's it. And and look at Connor Bedard. He's never had a fast food meal in his life, but think oh. about the sacrifices yeah. uh, to be able to get to where he is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And that's his, it's remarkable like that, that takes a, a special uh, character to do that uh, so it's it just that he's he's a superstar obviously Everybody yeah yeah, yeah. yeah well there's there's lessons to that all right so the last thing is um we have a we have a partnership with target aid you know this is like the 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 so we talk about it each time but i think it's important because when we're talking about this podcast, what are we trying to do with it? And, and number one is educate and inform. That's number mm -hmm. one. And, and and this this idea came about about how do we give back to all these organizations? I was part of organization growing up in Lexan, mm -hmm. and and so much of my life goes back to not just in hockey but other sports in Lexan, uh, orienteering, soccer, uh, whatever I was involved in, and it was dealing with the local organization like where you are in Boden right now. And um, so target aid has a platform. So if you go to targetaid.com, you look up Swedish junior hockey podcast, we have a presence there. And then each guest uh, is mentioned there. So we will have you on there. Uh, and then you get to say, which team is in your heart. Club and yeah. then hopefully that, organization can take that you know that attention uh from a standpoint of and and build in content within that yeah. to hopefully then do for fundraising attention uh you know and and it's a it's a full circle so long way of ex explaining what we're doing with target aid they're just a vehicle the idea is to be able to highlight but which team is in your heart or club Oh, it's got to be Bowden. That's awesome. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So we will make sure that Bowden gets its own little spot there and take it, share it. Uh, we can talk offline a little bit too on, on some ideas on how do you then uh, utilize this to maybe have a specific project that you want to yeah. raise money for yeah. and throw it up on your website, share it on social media to, to bring attention to Buden's organization, which is awesome. So uh, thank you for coming on. It's been fun. It's been educational. You've talked a lot about South versus North. Hopefully people have gotten some experience about what's it like to play in J18 region North versus other, or, uh, uh, other organizations as well. Hopefully. Yeah. Thanks a bunch.